Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the story of Samson as we pick up in Judges, chapter 15, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So we turn to Judges, the 15th chapter, and we pick up on the story of Samson here in chapter 15. The story of Samson begins in the 13th chapter of the book of Judges with the announcement to his parents of his birth and then the birth of Samson. In chapter 14, Samson assumes a position as a judge in Israel, which position he occupied for 20 years. His falling in love with a Philistine girl in Timnath is told, and the resultant disaster, as he made a riddle to the 30 young men that were appointed for his companions prior to the marriage. And he put out the riddle to them that related to his experience with a lion, for on his way to Timnath, a lion jumped him. He ripped the thing in two like it was just a little goat, tossed the carcass over into the bushes, and a few weeks later, on his return trip to Timnath, walking down, he went into the bushes to see the progress of the decomposition of the lion's carcass, and he discovered that bees had made a hive in the carcass. There was honey there. And so the honey was good. He ate of it. And so to these 30 fellows that were appointed as his sort of buddies during the last week of bachelorhood, uh, he gave them a riddle with sort of a bet kind of a thing uh, that if they could tell the riddle, he would give them 30 suits and 30 shirts If they could not tell him the riddle, then they'd have to give him 30 changes of garments plus 30 shirts. And so they said, what's the riddle? They took him on, and he said, out of the eater came forth sweetness. And so they worked on it and worked on it for two or three days. They couldn't come to an answer. They came to his bride-to-be and said, look, You've set us up for this thing, and we don't like it. You're trying to rip us off. That's why you called us to be this guy's companion. And now he has set up this riddle. It's a big setup. We recognize it. And you better find out what the answer to that riddle is, or we're going to come, and we're going to burn you and your dad's house with fire. We're going to burn you down. So she came to Samson, and she said, Samson, here we're going to get married in a few days, and you don't really love me. He said, what do you mean I don't love you? And she said, you haven't told me the riddle. And he said, what do you mean I haven't told you the riddle? I haven't even told my parents the riddle. Well, you really love me. You know, we should never hide anything from each other. Should be no secrets in marriage, Samson. And what is it, you know? And she began to cry and be miserable. And so he finally said, hey, there's nothing to it. A lion jumped me and... And out of his carcass, the bees made a hive, and there was honey that came out of the lion's carcass. 
So the day of the wedding came, and uh, so the fellow said to Samson, Hey, what's stronger than a lion and what's sweeter than honey? And Samson knew that, you know, his, his bride-to-be had told it. He made him mad. And he said, if you hadn't been plowing with my heifer, you'd have never found out. And he went down to Ashkelon, another city of the Philistines, grabbed 30 Philistines, cracked their skulls, and took their clothes, and came back and paid off his debt. <laughs> and then took off for Eshtol, his home. He was... He was just mad. He was really hot and just took off. Didn't consummate the marriage. So that brings us up now to the 15th chapter where our lesson begins tonight. So it came to pass within a while after he cooled off that Samson came down to visit his wife with a little goat so that they could have some shish kebab. And so he said, I will go into my wife, into the chamber, the bedroom. But her father would not allow him to go in. And her father said, I thought that you were just, you know, completely through with her. I thought you were so angry you were never coming back. So I let her marry the best man. Now look, her younger sister is really prettier than she is anyhow. Why don't you take the younger sister? He had already, of course, paid the dowry and everything else. And, and so he said, you know, her beautiful young sister, why don't you take her? But Samson uh, was sort of a hothead. He didn't appreciate the fact that his father-in-law had given his bride away. And so he decided to get even with the Philistines because they were the ones that sort of, you know, set the whole thing up anyhow, getting the secret out of his bride, and they ruined this whole escapade. And so he went out and caught 300 jackals or foxes, and he tied them tail to tail, or just tied their tails together, two by two. And then he lit a torch and tied it to the tails of these jackals and turned them loose in the wheat fields that were ready for harvest. Now you can imagine that brown grass, wheat fields, and you can imagine the panic of the jackals. If you've ever seen a dog with a tin can on its tail, uh, you can imagine the panic of the jackals uh, with these torches on their tails, running through, helter-skelter, through the wheat fields that are ripe for harvest, golden brown, just absolutely wiped out the harvest, wiped out the wheat fields, set them all on fire. They had a real prairie fire down in the area there, Timnath. And so the Philistines said, who did this? Someone said it was Samson. So they came to get him, and uh, he, he wiped them all out. So he went back to a rock near Etam, and there he just went up and, and, and lay back on this rock. Well, the Philistines got together an army, and they came down against Judah. 
And the men of Judah said to the Philistines, hey, what's the big idea coming down here with your armed forces? We don't want to fight. We're your servants. You've conquered us. We, we don't want any trouble. What's your problem? And they said, look, we're not really interested in fighting you guys. If you'll just turn Samson over to us, that's all we want. We want to get that guy. So they came up to this rock where Samson was just sort of kicking back. And they said to Samson, hey, you know, you're causing us a lot of trouble, man. You know that we serve the Philistines and now you've gotten them all upset with us and they're down here with their army and they're threatening us. What are you doing to us? And, and they said, we want to turn you over to them. We want to bind you and, and turn you over to them. Samson said, if you will promise me that you won't turn on me yourselves, then I'll let you bind me to turn me over to them. They said, hey, we don't want to kill you. We don't have anything against you. It's, they're the ones that have the grief against you. So they bound him with new ropes, and they turned him over to the Philistines. And as the Philistines came upon him, God's Spirit also came upon him. And those ropes by which he was bound, he snapped them off. He saw lying there a jawbone of a donkey. He picked it up. And with the jawbone of a donkey, he began to smite the Philistines, tossing their bodies into piles until he had slain a thousand of them. The rest evidently fled back home. And he looked around and he said, heaps upon heaps, talking about the heaps of bodies, I've killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. Well, then Samson became extremely thirsty after this exercise. <laughs> and, of course, it was the month of June or so, the time of the wheat harvest, so it is very hot and very dry over there about that time of the year. And Samson actually thought he was going to die of thirst. And he said, God, you know, you've given me this tremendous victory over the, the, over the Philistines, and now you're going to kill me with thirst. And so the Lord caused a thing to cleave in the jawbone of the donkey, and there was water in it, and he drank it, and his soul was revived. And so we come... He calls the name of the place, first of all, Ramath-Lehi, which is the hill of the jawbone. Then when he got a drink out of it, he changed the name to En-Hakor, which is the well of him that cried. And he judged Israel in the time of the Philistines for 20 years. Now, that was his first encounter with the Philistines, the first problem that he faced with them, and the problem evolved out of his own going down to the city of the Philistines. Going into the camp of the enemy, he exposed himself to needless kind of desires and lust. The Philistines were a very immoral people, very loose in their morals. Legalized prostitution and everything else was going on among the Philistines. 
From a fleshly standpoint, it was an exciting place to go because of the looseness of the morals. That's probably what drew him there. There in the camp of the enemy, looking for some excitement, which he found more than what he was expecting. Now his second encounter, going down again to the Philistines and this time to the city of Gaza, which is on the south coast of the territory of the Philistines, south from Ashdod and Ashkelon. And the purpose of going to Gaza was actually to go in unto a prostitute. And the people in Gaza, the men, were told that Samson was there in town. So they circled him and they set an ambush for him. And they locked the gates of the city and they said, we'll wait until morning and when he goes to leave town, we'll pounce on him and we'll kill him. Samson stayed with this gal until midnight and decided to go home. And coming to the gates of the city, he found them locked and barred. So he picked up the doors of the gate of the city with the two posts, and he went away with them, bars and all, put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. Now Hebron's about 25 miles from Gaza. So he carried these gates all the way to Hebron, or to a hill before Hebron, 20 miles away. Tossed them over. And of course, in the morning, the men from Gaza had to send out a regiment to get their gates back. <laughs> and again, going into the territory of the enemy, setting himself up. You can play with fire, but ultimately you're going to get burned. Sometimes when a person is successful in a sense in playing around with his passions, he thinks that he can master the situations. He thinks he's getting by with it. But ultimately, it's going to catch you. And thus, it came to pass that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorak, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came to her and she, they said unto her, Entice him. Find out where his great strength lies. And by what means we might prevail against him. And we will give thee, every one of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. So they, all of them, offered this enormous bribe to her if she would discover the secret of this fellow's strength. So Delilah said plain out to him, Hey, tell me, what is the secret? Where is it that your great strength lies? Samson said, Well, if they would bind me with green vines that have never been dried, then I would be weak just like any other man. So 
she began to, you know, run her fingers through his hair, that kind of stuff. And pretty soon he fell off to sleep and she commanded the Philistines to come in with green vines never dried and they bound him up. And she said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he jumped up and these things snapped off like they were threads that were burned in a fire. And he cracked the skulls of the Philistines. <laughs> and she said, you lied to me. That isn't really true. You weren't weak like other men. Tell me. Don't lie to me. Tell me, what is the secret of your strength? Where does your great strength lie? And he said, well, the mistake people have made is they've never bound me with new ropes. Now, if you would bind me with new ropes, then I would be weak, just like any other man. So again, she soothed him off to sleep and ordered the Philistines to bind him with these new ropes, never been used for any other purpose. And then she said, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. And he jumped up, and these ropes snapped off. And again, busted their skulls. She said, oh, you lied to me again. <laughs> Tell me, Samson, come on. I want the truth this time. What is the secret of your strength? And Samson said, well, if you would braid my hair in seven braids, then I'd be weak just like anybody else. Now, at this point, you may be thinking, good, Samson, you're not revealing the truth. Keep her guessing. But in reality, Samson is guilty of a compromise which is always dangerous. When she said, what is the secret of your strength? He should have flat out said, it's none of your business. I'll never tell. But he's playing games, thinking that he is clever. But notice he's getting closer to the truth. He's wearing down. He's talking now about his hair. There are times when people have made a special commitment of their life to God, maybe at a retreat, maybe just at a time where God has really spoken in their heart and they've responded and they've made their determination, I'm going to really live my life now for God. And the phone rings, and it's one of their friends. And they say, come on over tonight. We're going to have a party. Someone's got a keg, you know, and we're going to have a good time. Now, this is the life you said, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. I know that that life is a life of folly. I'm not going to enter that anymore. And, and I'm going to live for Christ. And you've made that commitment within your heart. But now, here is the invitation. And you say, oh, thanks. I, I really appreciate you calling me, but... I don't feel so good tonight. I think I'm going to go to bed early. 
And they say, oh, that's too bad. We're going to really have a blast, you know. And you think, wow, all right, chalk one up for victory, you know. I didn't go. But wait a minute. You weren't totally honest either. And what you have actually done is left the door open for another invitation. Now, if when they called and said, hey, come on over tonight, we got a cave, we're going to have a great time, you know, if you had said, I appreciate you calling, but I have committed my life to Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to be doing any of that stuff anymore. I'm going to just be living for the Lord because that's the only way to live. Man, the time of the end is close, and I'm just going to really get it on for the Lord. No, no, no more of that stuff for me. They'd never call you again. <laughs> you see, now you're being honest. You're being true. You're closing the door, which we need to do on evil. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Judges on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Judges 15 through 16 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and watch over you And may you experience the hand of God upon your life. And may you recognize the work of God in your life, not just in the blessed things, in the good things, but even in the adverse things. And may we see beyond the obvious. May we see those things which are not seen by the normal person. God's hand working in and behind the scenes of our lives to bring forth His will, His plan. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Want to know how to gain wisdom from God? Then don't miss out on Wisdom for Today by Pastor Chuck Smith. Hi, this is Cheryl Broderson. Growing up, I had the wonderful privilege of spending every morning with my dad. And every morning, he would impart to me just a little bit of God's wisdom. Now, you can have that same opportunity if you pick up my father's devotional, Wisdom for Today. 
It's a 365-day trip through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And each day ends with a special prayer incorporating what you learn into your heart. That's wisdom for today. I pray that you have a wonderful journey with my Father. The gift of wisdom is priceless. Be sure to order Wisdom for Today by Pastor Chuck Smith as a gift for yourself or for a friend. Call the word for today at 1-800-272-9673. That's 1-800-272-9673. Or to read a sample, visit thewordfortoday.org.